This podcast does not constitute medical advice. All changes surrounding medications, diet and exercise should be made in consultation with a professional who can assess your unique health circumstances. Welcome to the Patterson Program, where you'll learn how to improve your health from the inside out. And now, your host, Clint Patterson. Today I've got a guest who's just up the road from me in Sydney. His name is Alexander. We've connected online, talked about some of the very brief highlights of his improvement with rheumatoid arthritis. So I've invited him onto this episode so we can hear about it in much more detail. G'day. Welcome, Alexander. Hey, Clint. Super excited to be here, mate. Yes. Um, it's it's been a while on your program, so I just really wanted to come down and talk about how I've been able to make tremendous progress and how I've basically been able to get off um, a lot of the drugs I was on before. Fantastic. <laughs> well, why don't you give us just some of those highlights so that we can get excited about what we're about to hear? Yeah, sure. Um, so I used to be on quite a lot of uh, prednisolone, and I've completely gone off that one. Um, methotrexate, I used to be on 25 milligrams a week dosage. Now I've basically reduced that down to 10. And on top of that, I've been able to completely get rid of Planquenil 2. The only drug I'm on now is 10 mg of methotrexate and a small dose of Arava. Okay, fantastic. Well, you've got a good knowledge base there of what it's like to be on these different drugs. So I'll be you know, keen to hear about your experience and your personal undertaking of those particular drugs because you know, people who are on those drugs are always keen to hear mm. what it feels like for other people on those drugs. And other than this platform that we have here, you know, the information is sparse. And so, yeah, yeah. Well, I'll enjoy hearing about your experience with those. And congratulations. That's some, some big improvements, partic <laughs> particularly the steroid getting off that. I mean, that's massive. And the reduction of these other meds is 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 awesome. So thanks, man. I, I honestly I couldn't have done it without your program. So that's why I'm here, really. But um, yeah, I know it can feel like a small world sometimes, kind of like, especially when you're on a bunch of these drugs. You know, the percentage of people who are also on the same combination is quite low. Yeah, that's right. Um, you mentioned the lonely thing. Do you know anyone else with rheumatoid arthritis? Do you, I mean, do you actually physically know anyone else with the condition personally that you see or talk about? I've never met a single person in my entire life. <laughs> I was exactly the same. I was the same, man. And so, um, you know, I was 31, got diagnosed, and I, I couldn't pronounce it properly, spell it. I didn't know anyone mm. with it. You know, I'd, I'd vaguely heard of it, but uh, that was it. Like that, my level of naivety of, of the condition was at maximum. Like I knew nothing about it, you know. So I think that, uh, you know, especially as guys as well, you know, you, you mentioned to me in a message that uh, we're well represented with females on this podcast, but not so many That's guys. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I felt like a minority, you know, especially watching a lot of your podcast videos. <laughs> yeah, I thought, hey, what about the guys? Let's let's hear from some more guys, you know? Yeah, yeah, no, I I, I agree, and I got some theories around why why that is. The statistic, well, first of all, more people, more females come on the show because just more women have the condition. It's not like I'm yeah. I'm uh, 
discriminating. And so I guess with more people, more females with the condition, you're going to get more feedback from just a bigger sample size. Of but course. I think that it's very unclear as to why more women get the condition. And we'll get to your story mm. in just a minute. But I think other than we know there's a hormonal link, there's absolutely a hormonal link there mm. that we covered in an episode, a podcast episode with Dr. Richard Matthews. And he goes into very fascinating reasons as to the connection between the hormones and the microbiome. So we know yeah, the microbiome right. influences the immune system. And so we've then got the hormonal influence and connection with the microbiome. So there's that going on. One study, which even Dr. Michael Greger refers to in his exploration of this topic very briefly, is uh-huh. that there's a connection between urinary tract infections and bacteria, and that because women can be more susceptible to that, this could in- introduce more of a higher risk of rheumatoid. And I've got my, okay. own, I've got my own theories around this. Uh-huh. Through my limited conversations on the topic of monthly cycles. I know that uh-huh. some females like to take non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs to offset the very great amount of discomfort that the monthly cycles create. And if you're mm. taking non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs in relatively high doses once a month from a young age until your mid-40s and 50s, I mean, that is a lot of damage to the gut. Um, yeah. So that's a possibility. And, uh, yeah, I mean, th- these are a collection of ideas, but no one's sure. Yeah. All factors that obviously would contribute to some degree to as to why. I mean, you're already painting a great picture for me, so it's, it's quite insightful to hear about that. Right, but it mm. doesn't unfortunately protect us guys either. And here you no. are sitting in front of me. So, mate, you got hit with this thing. Now, you're obviously a young man. When did this start? How old were you? What did symptoms look like when, it, when they began? Oh, mate, I... I got hit hard. Um, <laughs> I was basically 23 years old. Mm. Now I'm I'm a Libran, so this was October back in 2017, where out of nowhere my joints just started to really hurt in my hands. Um, I was working a high stress uh, sales job in marketing in the mm-hmm. city here, mm-hmm. and every lunchtime I'd go to the gym and I'd, I'd be lifting weights and doing cables and. You know, it was, it was smart exercise, not like I'd put 300 kilos on my hands. So I was surprised when all of a sudden I'd get these pains. I'd do a lift um, or I'd do a deadlift and I'd get pain in my hands. And I was like, gosh, what's going on with me? You know, <laughs> must yeah. be some kind of joint problem or something because, um, you know, my grandpa had arthritis and things. So I didn't think too much of it. I went to the doctor and I thought, gosh, I hope I don't have arthritis in my hands. Yeah. And the doctor was actually... Uh, my uncle, who was, you know, he he didn't want to diagnose anything too quickly. He said, look, you know, let's look at the facts. How bad is it? Let's wait a little bit, you know, give it a few months um, if it's not too bad. And I said, yeah, I'm about to go to Europe. So let's see how it goes after my holiday. I'll come back and we'll see how it goes. I went to Europe and instead of having an amazing time, I mean, I still had an amazing time. I spent a lot of the trip tired. It was weird. I felt like it wasn't quite me, you know, mm. like it was a big change. And, you know, I really felt it during the hangovers too. It's strange. It's like suddenly I went from being 18 to being 60 and how I felt the next day, you know. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and my friend was so surprised. My, my friend's a couple of years older, you know, he's almost 30 now. And 
you know, I'm the, being the young 23-year-old, he's like, what's going on, man? Yeah. I thought you were Serbian, you know? <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's that's basically what happened. I, I had that realization. Um, we'd go out walking all day, and that those were the first signs, you know, it, it, clear as day. You can't ignore them. Mm. I went out walking, and instead of being able to walk for six, maybe even eight hours in a day and feel great and then go out and drink all night, Basically, yeah. after an hour of walking, my feet would start hurting so much. Mm. So I had to go out. I remember first week we were in Germany. I just bought the best sports shoes I could. You yeah. Know? yeah. And that sort of got me through it. Um, and it still does, you know, still to this day, if I want to go for a hike, I'll need those sports shoes. You know, I think yeah. that's just the need we have. Yeah, yeah. Outside of water, you know, I'm fragile. <laughs> right, right. And I, right I see now, that... I'm, I'm sitting on a leapfrog chair. You know, that's it's a big priority to me. Comfort, just getting the comfort right. Yes, yes. Shoes and chairs is a must. Mm. Let's just pause the story for a second because whenever someone is young, like yourself, or a juvenile idiopathic arthritis case, which would have been your diagnosis if you had have just been six, seven years younger, right? In under yeah. the, you know, 16-year-old sort of thing, right? So I'm curious, let's just do a real quick exploration as to why we think this might have occurred for you. Um, first of all, do you know if you were natural-born or cesarean? I was actually natural-born, yeah. I, I, do you know if you were breastfed for the first six months of life? I was indeed. You were indeed. Okay, all right, there's some of the easier. Now let's, let's get a little bit more creative. Um, <laughs> were you on antibiotics for more than two or one to two months at any time in your life? Of course. I, I suspect it was the antibiotics. So I suffered really bad acne as a teenager. Bro, that and was my, that's, I, that's my story there. It made me depressed. It gave me self-esteem issues. None of that was really me. It was, it was all a result of the acne. And unfortunately, I had no wisdom around me to give me the insight to understand that diet combined with things like B5, they're the answers young people should be given. They're the answers that I should have, in an ideal world, be given. But it's okay. You know, everyone has a different environment and you can't expect people to give you that wisdom early. I have a saying, we only learn the hard way, you know, and I learned the hard way that antibiotics are not the way. Um, how so, long were you on them? Were you on a, were, and, and was it doxycycline? Mate, it was Accutane for a while. Uh, at first it was doxycycline. Uh, no, at first it was minomycin, mm -hmm. the um, mm -hmm. not so harmful one. My uncle was like, look, I don't want to put you on anything that's, you know, going to kill your system. I recommend um, this one combined with a topical cream because yours is really yep. severe. Yep. Well, let's see how it goes. It, it took a while. It didn't really do much. And then I basically pushed him and saying, look, let's, you know, it was me. I was pushing. I was yeah. like, let's go for something heavier. I know yeah. people who have been on it. Yeah. Please give it to me. And yeah. I was on it for about a year. Yeah. yeah. Well, we don't need to look any further. That's the yeah. answer right there. Um, That's right. Like my belief is that that is 100%, not even like a question of a doubt as to what's caused this. 100%, no questions. So, and that was exactly my story. So, I was on the doxycycline for several years, five years consecutive. Not one doctor ever said, Are you sure you want to keep taking these drugs? And I changed doctors because I moved from the country to the city to go to university. And then, whilst huh. at university, I changed doctors because I didn't care which one I saw. I just would go to the group medical center and get whichever doctor was first available and then yeah, tell you them. you know what you want, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And look, it's not the doctor's fault. No. You could argue that someone should have said, do you really need to keep taking these? 
Yeah. But look, well, that's that's answered my curiosity for you for, uh, with regards to yourself. And then just, just to finish my story, I was then digestively troubled for about eight years and it wasn't until I went to Iraq to perform in front of the troops in that part of the world, you need to take anti-malaria medication. And guess what the anti-malaria medication was that I was put on? Doxycycline. Oh, wow. It was only a few months after returning from Iraq, after being on two months again of doxycycline, that, boom, it began for me. So (laughs) the hard way, man. You're right. at least they weren't taking Planquinil, mate. (laughs) (laughs) That would have been way worse, right? Yeah, right, right, right. Well, I don't know if the Plaquenil would have triggered the RA, but but, but look, it's... uh, I'm just joking. I know, I know. Yeah, no, that's really bad. And the feeling of regret of what we've done to ourselves definitely is there, even though we can put on the right face and you're very, very right that uh, we do learn lessons the hard way, but couldn't we just wish we could wind back the clock? I mean, gosh, yeah. For me, it wasn't just the antibiotics, though, and that's one thing I want to finish off um, with on this topic. It was also the food. Uh, For many years, I was influenced by a vegan friend of mine that went to medical school and his father was a doctor and he did a lot of research and look, a lot of his influence is still with me to this day for the good. But unfortunately, when you have good advice, it's easy to misinterpret things unless you actually do the research yourself in great detail. There's a lot to go wrong. And unfortunately, I was very much into diet. I was very much into nutrition. I actually had a heart condition when I was younger. So that all triggered that. But unfortunately, it dictated my diet to be much more about my heart than my overall health. And that is why things that other people would eat in moderation, I didn't eat in moderation. Instead of having one serving of beans every few days or something like that and you know moderating it, I was eating this stuff like crazy. Half my carbohydrate intake were beans and legumes, you know. A lot of it was from a can because I was too lazy to just buy the pressure cooker cook it in the pressure cooker, you know? Mm. So um, I I think that the huge amount of lectins and the way I was preparing my food, the quality of the food was also a huge contributor there. Interesting, yeah. With your acne, were you consuming any dairy products throughout your teenage years? Oh, without a doubt, yeah. yeah. For me, that was Dairy a big was thing, wrecking yeah. me. It was giving dairy. me IBS symptoms too, mate. I, was, I remember yeah. when I was 18, I was mm. going in and out of emergency wards all the time because uh, I got diagnosed with a really bad heart condition that started playing up. Mm. And then on top of that, I was, I was getting like acid reflux that was so bad that I was actually like, because I was young and I didn't understand my body, mm. I kept thinking that was like chest pains, you know, because I just tell them the symptom. And when you just tell doctors the symptom, what happens? You know, they make their own conclusion. And yeah, it didn't go well, mate. The, yeah. um for the purposes of people watching or listening to this, I think that they will relate to what I'm about to say. Oh, without a doubt. Oh, oh no, what I'm about to say next. Um, All right. <laughs> you're obviously a very smart individual, and this is what I see so frequently amongst my circle of friends a lot. Some of the smartest people make some of the most ridiculously dumb decisions with diet. <laughs> Now you learn, right? The hard way. Yeah. So these people can like be senior executives in companies and have read every book on parenting and be great about raising their kids and they know the answer to every trivia question, but they'll sit down 
at the restaurant that you attend and to have dinner with and order the worst, most disgusting food and then have mm. some kind of trivial reason as to why they're ordering that food. And the same human <laughs> can the next day be in charge of like, you know, the big companies and stuff. And I just oh, I, I I know that find it well, mind-blowing because yeah. their intellect does not translate to what they eat. No, so, no, yeah, not at yeah, all. Crazy, crazy. Okay, mate, let's, let's resume your, your story about returning from Europe. Yeah. Um, so back into my story, um, yes, uh, I did have struggles there in Europe and um, I found a way around them, obviously, with the shoes. Well, it wasn't a long-term fix I knew, but um, that wasn't the aim. The aim was just to be able to move around enough to sightsee. So for any viewers watching, sport shoes, good quality ones. God, I got the latest Adidas, best investment of my life, still wear them today. But essentially, looking at it, once I actually got back from Europe, I actually felt in my heart, without a doubt, that it was something serious. So mm. I started doing my own research before I went back to the doctor. So, you know, so I could actually present him with a better inference. And I, when I went in there, actually, a uh, funny story, first thing I told him when I walked in through the door and he says, you know, how's it been going? I said, look, I think without a doubt I have rheumatoid arthritis. Mm. Yeah. And he looked at me and he said, gosh, I certainly hope you don't, but let's do a blood test and let's look at a few things and let's let's see what's going on. Mm-hmm. So we did the blood test um, and, yep, you know, it, it came back. We had a positive reading mm. for RA. Now, now, I know a lot of you people watching this and probably you included will think, okay, well, that doesn't mean much, right? Um, RA, like it doesn't mean a lot when we look at the blood test. There's so many people that have the symptoms without anything showing up. And then there's so many people that have it show up and also don't necessarily have rheumatoid arthritis. But given the fact that I had so much pain in my hands first and then my feet Mm. and I had the tiredness in the morning, Mm. you know, and all that, those, I think those three factors combined, you you definitely can't deny, you know, it's, um, it's got to be our race. So my doctor sort of agreed with me there. It's, it's most likely the case, but he can't make that call. So he's like, look, go out there. I'm going to write you up, see a specialist. Mm. Um, and I did. I went down to um, Royal Prince Alfred Hospital here yep. towards the centre in Sydney, saw a great young rheumatologist and, yeah, didn't take him long to have a feel of my joints and look at me. And um, now that I look back, I, I don't know, I kind of felt like a number, like I felt it was a bit rushed. But um, mm. I guess that's, you know, every rheumatologist I've seen since as well, you know, like they have a quota, they have money to make, you know, that's mm. the system. Uh, and, um, yeah, he made a good call, you know. He uh, he basically said, look, we got to put you on prednisolone and this is just the short term. I highly recommend we go through MTX. You have a few options, but methotrexate is the one that's proven to give um, the best results with the least amount of risk, um, especially for young people, mm-hmm. um, you know, young adults. So, look, I hesitated and <laughs> me being the guy I am, you know, uh, when I was a teenager, I like to rebel still to this day. I, I've always encouraged people to question things, you know, and be a free thinker. My mum was the kind of woman, that's who she inspired me to be. So I said, look, let me do my research. I'll get back to you. After a week of research and looking at stories, I finally found your program. (laughs) And when I found your program, I realized there was a pattern with most people 
reducing their medications on your program until they get to a point where they don't need it anymore. Now, I had it really severely at this point. By the time I got in and saw a rheumatologist, it was about two months since I got back from Europe. And I was in Europe for a month. So I was like three months since symptoms occurred and three months was already enough. Mm, And I was lucky to see a rheumatologist, you know, one month after getting Mm -hmm. the um, referral, like I paid money for private, which was good, but symptoms were horrible. I I could barely get out of bed, man. I was getting pain. It went, it radiated into my shoulders, knees, elbows. Um, I have pictures, man, for how swollen my fingers were. They were were actually more swollen than most people I see on the RA forums, you know, that have like bicep fingers. It's bad. Let let me just add something. Uh, Just like yourself, your story so far overlaps mine very, very, very similarly uh, in that um, first thing I said was, you know, give me some time. I want to think about it was what I said. (laughs) And also my symptoms were absolutely shocking. Like you said, trying to get out of bed was a massive problem. And at the time I also had a torn anterior cruciate ligament in my left knee. So I couldn't, I was on crutches. uh, I think if I either just went to see the rheumatologist, I was still on crutches or just come off them. So I was in a terrible way. But let me just add something here that you might not know. My rheumatologist explained to me that, when you are on the young side as a young adult and when you actually have a very good immune system, mm. your symptoms come about much more quickly and your body gets deteriorated much more quickly because your body's actually really good at attacking the enemy, <laughs> which in this case happens to be yourself. So oh, yes. having a powerful young adult immune system can cause the kind of rapid development that you and I both witnessed. Mm. Mm. That makes a lot of sense because I'll tell you this, I was not a, the man to get sick very often at all. Mm. Maybe I'd get sick once every two years right. for one to two days. You know, I'd always be the guy who shrugs off a virus in a day yeah, or two. Right. Know? Yeah. So, okay. Thanks for letting me throw that little stuff in. Continue <laughs> on. So interesting. See. No, no, no. I, that makes a lot of sense when you put it that way. Mm-hmm. Mm. And so you've gone and you've gone back with your tail between your legs and said, okay, you better get me on these drugs, right? <laughs> yeah, basically I came back and I was like, look, you know, I, I, I found a solution and I sort of found a compromise and I thought, okay, now I can, I can deal with making such a yeah. crazy decision, you know. When I did come back, essentially what the rheumatologist told me was, look, you're not alone. These, these were the words that stuck. I think everyone sort of remembers something yeah. from their first rheumatologist appointment. But, um, yeah, the words that really stuck was, you weren't alone. You're not alone. You don't have to face it alone. Uh, a lot of people leave very, uh, live very normal lives on methotrexate. And, you know, as long as you spend the rest of your life on this, you shouldn't have any problems. Those were the words, the, the apparent words of wisdom from a man who has been treating this for years. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Rest of your life. That's, you yeah. know, when you're 20, grim, isn't it? When you're 23, the rest of your life, I mean, that's just, that's vastly, you know, vastly mind blowing. Methotrexate is an anti cancer med. I was not a very smart or well versed person in this. But just coming back to him a week later, I did the research to understand that it is a DNA terminator. These are not fluffy little things that we just yeah. put in our mouths. You know, these are not yeah. bright little pills. This, this, this can be life and death for a lot of people. Oh yeah. So to be sat down and told, you know, 
all you need to, you know, you don't have to be alone as long as you take this for the rest of your life. It was grim, man. But, um, after seeing your program, man, it, it fueled the fire. It gave me the passion I needed to start making sacrifices. It put me on the path, man. All right. Um, and I'm sure you've probably heard similar things from people who have found God, you know, or the Bible. I'm not sure if you're religious, but, yeah. um, you know, I, I sort of make some connections to religion's profound benefit to people's life and the way they live it, because essentially, you know, that's the way I see it. They're, they're not really things that force you to do things. They're um, guides, um, guides to help you live a better lifestyle, right? Mm-hmm. And, and I see your program as the same thing. Oh, that's very flattering. Thank you. So let's talk about how you incorporated both the program and also medication management and how you went. <laughs> Great. So how I incorporated pro- uh, the program, actually, you'll probably laugh, but the first time um, I saw it was actually on support forums that I registered to and mm-hmm. also on online um, testimonials that I found from people. It was, yeah, it was strange. I actually found... Um, testimonials before I found anything about the program and me being the curious guy I am I did a bit of digging around and I finally found like the demo thing that you released you know oh, yeah. um, with, with the brief summaries and yeah. and it really got me curious and it, it really made me want to know what is this program you know it must be great there must be a lot of info in there um, it's got to be helpful and so I made that decision um, that day when I got on the medication. I came home okay. and I said, that's it. I'm, I'm going to buy this program. You know, hearing these stories isn't enough. Hearing about people reviewing your program as well. So many people were like, oh, I ate this, that and that. Or the Clint program basically gets you to do this and that. You know, it is people yeah. talking about things. It's not the same. Mm. Now, I'm no fool. I know that it's one thing to experience something. And it's another to know from other people's opinion. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. To hear from other people's opinion, it's not the same. I mean, if it's enough to get you curious to try it, you should try it. You shouldn't mm. sit there and just be like, oh, you know, uh, oh, these people say it's basically this or basically that. How would you know? Mm. <laughs> Go ahead and try it, right? That's a filter, isn't it? Everyone has yeah. their experience and then they filter it down to what they, they believe or what they actually recall. But it's anyway. Their point of view, right? Yeah. So, okay, let's hear what happened next. Well, what happened next was amazing, but overall it was amazing, right? It's like our lives, you know, overall (laughs) our lives are amazing, but, you know, um, in the early stages it can be painful, you know, kids can burst out of the womb and start crying and this and that, and they can go through all sorts of issues and, you know, they can be a pain to deal with for parents. But, um, you know, when, when you have someone helping you and guiding you along the way, you usually wind up finding your way, you know? Mm-hmm. I think where a lot of us fall astray is when we don't have someone guiding us. Now, I, for the first time, had someone guiding me when I bought this program, and the first decisions I made was to completely cut out sugar. No more sugar in any way or form. The first memory of your program, Clint, and how it affected me is a really nice one. It was me walking into um, Woolworths here, which is like our big shopping chain for all you Americans that I know a lot of which follow, you know, RA programs and are fans of yours. 
and I was looking at every label on every single thing I bought. Now, luckily, I was already in that habit, right? Yeah. Because I previously, like I said, I was heaps into health and heart health. And anyone watching this who is into heart health and doesn't want to die of a heart attack um, would probably know that, you know, looking at ingredients and looking at the quality of your food is important. So I looked at the back of everything and I made sure to buy nothing that had sugar on it as a yeah. label. Absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. And already after a few weeks, I started feeling a lot better. Mm-hmm. I was like, gosh, you know, like this is great. You know, mm-hmm. like I'm I'm not following his first two-week program right. to the okay. exact. I yep. didn't. I didn't do that. Yep. I actually thought that I should sort of test the waters. It's weird. Sure. It's it's like even though I believed you and you were, you know, you you inspired me and there was that passion and I wanted to believe, right? There was also a side of me that was in doubt. A mm. side of me that would wake up and would be angry and would think of your program and think, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, well, we'll see about that, you know? <laughs> so I was testing the waters, man. I, I was I was I was like in the right state of mind, but I wasn't really ready. You know, I wasn't really ready for the program. Yeah, no, I I can relate to that personally with other things that I've done in life. You know, sometimes if someone just gives gives you the blueprint and just says, do this, sometimes it's not as satisfying as making a few more discoveries of your own and then matching those with the presentation that you are meant to follow you know because yeah so I, I can re- yeah. i can relate to that like if you know someone just gives me like a gym routine and says go and do that that'll do exactly what you need to do i don't know in some ways it's it's almost unsatisfying if you have a <laughs> deep curiosity to learn a lot yourself but look mm. unsatisfying but wonderful results uh is just fine for most people yeah yeah so but i can relate i can relate Okay, so you started to sort of implement parts of the concepts of it without yet actually, yeah. yeah, and you felt better, and you had the methotrexate that you just started taking, so you were also feeling better from from that as well, I imagine. So you've got a couple of things in parallel. Well, at this point, the methotrexate still hadn't kicked in. These were the early yeah. months, and yeah. the prednisone was basically getting me along. Now, I was actually. At this point, when I had get, uh, gotten on the medication um, from, you know, the rheumatologist, I actually just had a big job offer. I had a lot happen in my life. So this comes back to my story. I hope you don't mind yes, going please. back there. Yes. But I actually came back from Europe and maybe a lot of people can relate to this too, but essentially I got the can. Everyone in our company got let go. Um, I didn't have a job to go back to. The, the day I came back, I had my boss call me and say, mate, I'm really sorry you have to hear this now. I couldn't get in touch with you overseas, but, you know, the big company census, if, um, you know, if, if you know who they are, biggest marketing company in America, they essentially let go everyone in our division here wow. in Australia, which was a review company. Yeah. Um, so I went back to looking for work with all this going on. Yeah. Yeah. Man, it was, it was grim, you know, finding a good marketing company is hard enough to begin with. And, you know, you yeah. can go through a lot of doubts when you're transitioning. Will they see my value, you know, will, yeah. and um, to have those symptoms on top. Oh, you know. yeah. Yeah. Gosh. So, you okay. know what I did, Clint? I, um, I ended up basically using your program and the drugs I got on as 
the reason for me to not have to think this way. It was like my antidote. I was like, no, I'm not going to change my um, state of mind. I'm not going to change my career. I'm going to keep doing what I can because I have the power to, you know, I'm a mm-hmm. salesman. I'm, <laughs> I'm the empowering guy, right? right. <laughs> I'm, uh, I need to help people, you know, and, and this shouldn't stop me from helping people. So I did, I, um, found enough a job and I actually ended up moving to Melbourne. It was, right. it, yep. it was a better job, better pay, better everything. Yep. So I went down there and the first few months with prednisone, it was almost normal almost normal. I could do everything. By the end of the day, though, after a few weeks of the office with the office chairs and everything, Mm. I could start to feel it a lot more in my back than I did before, you know? Mm. And I think this goes back to the same thing that I spoke about earlier with the shoes and walking around. Mm. Mm. Many of you will realize that your joints don't react the same way. Even when you start to get results like I do now, uh, if I sat on a bad office chair, for instance, today, I, I would get bad effect. And back then, you know, being in the early stages of my journey, the office chair they provided just wasn't right. Mm. So I went out there and I found a Herman Miller mirror and I basically got that sucker delivered by two big guys into my office. And, oh man, it was a great feeling. It really was. It was like supports here, you know, like yeah, the guns yeah. have arrived. Yeah. And um, basically I felt a lot better in my job and the excuse of, oh, you know, um, I have joint pains was gone. So mm-hmm. I got back to my work and I had no excuse. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, my productivity went up and I was doing really well. And then after about two weeks, my productivity just went, it was gone. It's like my soul started, like something started to, to die in me. It's, mm-hmm. it's a weird, weird sensation. I don't know if anyone started to feel this way who got on a lot of drugs, but I was on a lot of prednisolone, man. So uh, tell us how you started to get off it because that stuff's just so nasty for you and that stuff's so negative for your microbiome. And so when your comment a moment ago and said a part of you felt like it was dying, my brain's response and I didn't speak was, well, it's it's your, you know, gut bacteria. They're not literally dying, but it, it can shed the place in which they live, which is the mucosal mm-hmm. lining of your colon mostly and That's a little right. bit of your small intestine. So I want to hear now how you started to get off this stuff. There are no shortcuts, uh, <laughs> no shortcuts at all. There's only the hard way. There's no other way we learn. There's no other way we get better. No one who achieved anything great did it the easy way. Yep. So I love to hear that. I love yep. to hear that kind of stuff. Yep. We need more awareness to that, right? Yes. Oh, but, um, absolutely. There's the slow, 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 slow healing path or the slow, slow, <laughs> slow, slow path. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. It's like all those people who want to help people become successful, you know, yeah. all the good ones now that have survived the test of time and actually help people, people like Grant Cardone, you know, a lot of, you know, the big sort of self-development people, mm. they all say the same thing. There's, there's a pattern I notice among them. And this is someone coming out of you know, sales and marketing, right. where we help people every day. And that is that every one who wants big things to happen has to do big things. There's no, there's no way around it. Yeah. There's no shortcuts. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Big changes. But I'm sorry, yep. coming back to answer yep. your question. Yeah. I, how I felt on it and what it was doing, it, it, it was really bad, man. Um, I really just wanted to find a way to reduce it. At that point, I was already aware of how much 
harm it was doing to me in other senses, although I wasn't aware of what it was doing to my gut because mm-hmm. that wasn't really relevant or the rumor didn't talk to me about it. I was aware of what it was doing to what it felt like to my soul, man. Like yeah. I would wake up every morning and it's weird. It's like it wasn't me, you know, like before when I'd wake up, I'd have that pain and that was me, you know, and um, with the prednisolone, the pain went away. But then a few weeks later, it's like, hang on suddenly I'm, I'm not me, you know, it's weird. And what really, really stuck out, what was a big eye opener for me was when I walked into the shower and I had a shower, man, I'd walk in and I'd have a shower and I'd get these weird, like hot and cold pins coming through my legs and just strange sensations, you know, I don't know if you've got similar effects from it when you were no, on it. I, I was never on any steroid, um, which is a god, an absolute godsend. Mm. And when you said that your rheumatologist put you onto a steroid whilst waiting for methotrexate to work, I think that practice should not be allowed. I think that if you've been in symptoms for three months, then what's the big deal waiting three, four, five weeks for methotrexate to work whilst you make dietary changes and basically. Um, then you'll know when the disease-modifying drug actually begins to work mm. and you'll know how much it's working and you'll develop a relationship with that drug and, and the different That's feelings right. in your body. But when, you've, when you're put on a steroid and then tapering down a steroid whilst waiting on a, a disease-modifying drug to work, it all gets confusing and you feel com- completely out of control. And I don't like that practice. I just don't think it should be used. Clint, I don't think it should be used either because the error of ma- uh, the margin of error, sorry, just suddenly goes from this, which is already huge. Let's pretend this is like that much. Let's compress it, right? We're, yeah. You know, we're doing the equivalent yeah. of being in Microsoft Office Word and just, you know, scaling down the size of an image. Let's pretend now it's it's that size. It's still the same margin of error. It's huge, right? Yeah. Suddenly we're on prednisone mm. and boom, you know, it's, it's huge. Like yeah. it confuses your body because yes. the crazy amount of side effects you can get from prednisolone, not only is it just crazy, but so many of them overlap with other drugs. Okay. As soon as I got on the prednisolone and um, I started, as I said, feeling like I was losing my soul. I found the nearest rheumatologist in Melbourne and I booked him ASAP. I paid the private fee. I was like, no, I have to see someone this week. I saw someone that week and this was just as the methotrexate started kicking in. The methotrexate started kicking in. It was definitely giving me Mm. um, alleviation. It was also making me a hell tired. Tired, man. Tired, yeah. Three days after taking, man, I was feeling tired. Yeah, wow, wow. Worse, worse though, you'd probably relate to this with the methotrexate, the stomach problems, man. Oh, my God. I was doing oral. Surprisingly, so. no, for me, but I'm curious. No, no I, I was fortunate. I tolerated it pretty well. My liver blew out at one point, but we managed to bring it back under control. But uh, other than that, the tiredness was my only only side effect. But the tiredness for me was immense, absolutely immense. Mm. Um, but tell us, you had, you what, had what stomach. What dose were you on, if you don't mind me asking? I, I got 25 milligram a week. I was for a year. See, that's what I was on as well. Prior um, to that, I was on, pri- obviously, that is where I got to. Three years on the drug, ramped up to 25 as it continued to not hold my symptoms. But mate, you're a lucky man. Most people who go through 25 mg of methotrexate 
feel like they have things in their stomach, killing their stomach, you know, like the day before the take, they take it, the day after, even the day after that. I'm, yeah. I'm on a massive support forum on Facebook and so many people talk about how bad their stomach gets, you know, how, how hard it is to eat around that methotrexate day. From, yeah. And a lot of people tell them, like, get on the injection, right? Yeah. Get on the injection. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's common. And and in fact, that's mm. what frequently the rheumatologists say too. And I personally can't see too much of an issue with that. I don't ever feel a sense of, oh no, when someone tells me they're moving from tablet to injection. The studies suggest that the active uh, part of the drug gets, uh, you know, absorbed or, or uptake. More a little, effective. Yeah. More effective. Mm. And so often a 25 milligram tablet dose can be handled or can actually have a better effect when it's switched to injection. I don't see a problem with it if people are if people are you know not too irked out about the injection. Yeah. But I never even had that discussion with my my doc because I was it was just the tiredness for me. Yeah. So continue your story with your uh, new rheumatologist in Melbourne. <laughs> yeah. So the new rheumatologist in Melbourne was an absolute joke. <laughs> I just right. paid the money to see them and basically, you know, just, just get something else. I, I wanted to get rid of prednisolone and I didn't have the courage to face it with just the methotrexate. Right. I especially remember at that point reading about many people on support forums telling me that methotrexate wore off, the effects wore off. There seemed to be a key that anyone who needed high doses of methotrexate, it was very rare that I came across anyone that could do it with just the methotrexate. They'd always get combination drugs. Mm. Now, why I had the belief that I couldn't do it with just the methotrexate wasn't because I had it in me to do it with just the methotrexate or even with nothing, but because my rheumatologist, that first guy I saw, told me after feeling me and checking all my joke, uh, joints, so we, we're going back a little bit here, um, he told me, you have a severe case of rheumatoid arthritis, and what we're going to need to do is do a combination of drugs. So we'll need to start with the prednisone, move on MTX, and then get you off the prednisone, and then we can look at getting on other drugs. So as soon as I saw how bad prednisone was, I thought, okay, I can't go back to Sydney to see that guy, so I'll see anyone. And I remember what that guy said, so I'll just tell them the same thing. And I did. I told the woman the same thing. I said, look, he said that I need a combination of drugs, and I hate prednisolone. It's an evil thing. A lot of people tell me it's evil. I see that now. I see the way it changes me. I'd rather die than feel like this every day because life isn't worth living if you feel like you don't have a soul and something's missing, you know? Mm. And she was like, look, she said the same thing the guy said. It's it's like rheumatologists regurgitate these same cliche lines. She's like, you don't have to be alone. We can find another drug that'll work for you. <laughs> and it was like, like, I know, you know, a lot of people are probably thinking, oh, but that's, you know, it's, it's true in a sense, like for people that don't have hope, it can be hope. And I don't deny that, you know, I'm sure it could be hope, but God, when I got on Planquenil to get off prednisolone, that was a hell of a drug. That was just another bad story, man. Now, I was tolerating methotrexate really well. Um, I was the kind of guy who ate healthy for years and just had a strong body. So my liver had no issues, right? But when I got on the Planquenil, man, and I got off that prednisolone, although my soul felt like it was back, 
God, man, I just felt like my body was this strange thing. I felt like I turned into a different creature entirely. The range of side effects was just insane. I laugh because I can relate and I hear this a lot, not because I'm not empathetic, sympathetic or any of the above. No, no, no. Man, this is all. And the way that you you tell it too, the way you tell it. I've got some video footage that I'm going to compile and put online one day if it doesn't form part of a documentary or something. But there's one video. Oh, I hope you do, man. You should totally do that. There's this one video that I got where I'm walking around and I'm, I'm holding up every single supplement that I took. And it's hilarious because I'm opening <laughs> drawers. And this is all the crap that I was on, crap that I was on at that exact time. And I'm opening up stuff and I'm holding up and I'm explaining to myself kind of to the video like uh-huh. what, what they are. And I'm getting to number 15, 16. I'm taking all this junk, right? And then and then I find the methotrexate and I'd forgotten, but I used to call it methodethate, right? I'm like, here's the methodethate. And I hold it up and I call it that without a miss and a beat. And I'm and I'm watching it back laughing. And there's sometimes I hold stuff up and I'm like, and I'm taking this and I'm not even sure what that is. And I just move on, right? But uh-huh. you, you remind me of that kind of like uh, that sort of, I don't know, ad hoc kind of, uh, descriptions of these drugs. Yeah. So, did you just drop the steroid and go straight on the Plaquenil? How did I, that? I, yeah. I actually have a meme. Sorry to. Uh, I have a meme for Plaquenil that I like to spread around the forums. Um, I don't know if you ever remember that uh, Rick James episode on Dave Chappelle uh, with all the cocaine. Yeah, Plaquenil's a hell of a drug. <laughs> That's, that's all I can say, man. That is a hell of a drug. I, the yeah. fact that that is like one of the most prescribed combination drugs with methotrexate to me is a joke. Like to me that now that I look back and I've sort of climbed up the mountain and I've learned how to do it without the drugs, I look back now, man, and I'm I'm laughing at that and I'm laughing at the people who prescribed me that and I'm thinking, wow. Our world is very confused in the medical system. I'll tell you a funny story, man. Please, please. I I did some surveys in the support forums, and these are some of the biggest support forums. Tens of thousands of people. I think currently it's sitting at like 200 and something thousand. And I had a lot of people partake in in that survey and basically tell me what it was like on Planquinel. Yeah. Actually, I want to know, what do you think? was the result of that survey? What, what do you think was the result in terms of people who had side effects, like bad effects from Planquinil and had to stop, and people who didn't and could keep going? What do, you, what do you think it was? Well, just to build the sort of anticipation here, I'm going to share you what my anecdotal, non-surveyed, non-surveyed feedback has been about Plaquenil from the time in which I've been paying close attention to many clients, which is probably mm-hmm. about five years or so, because that's when I started sort of helping people more personally and not just getting, yeah. it, just getting emails. That's so, it, doing the whole support and yeah, exactly. in-depth. Yeah, exactly. And the general feedback that I get about Plaquenil use is that it either doesn't do much or the people go on it and they get side effects that they consider very frightening and they come off it. So they are pretty much the two categories. It either didn't do much or the side effects were terrifying and I had to come off it. And now that is obviously very, very gross generalisation from the multitude of different variations that people are going to experience, but that's just sort of the feeling that I get from people's 
you know, people letting me know their experience. I'm curious to hear what you mm. found. What did you find? I found that it was split, and you might laugh, but wait, no, I want to ask you, what What do you think the percentage was? Just amuse me. I, I well, love asking also, people keep in mind, keep in mind, we have to be cautious here. The people who are likely to answer such questions are people who have had extreme experiences. Okay, so yeah. if someone's done really well on Plaquenil, they'd be the likely to want to actually fill out such a survey. If someone's done very badly, they're... You know, people are much more likely to talk of a bad experience than a positive one. That's human nature. So they yeah. would aggressively want to share their results. Of course, of course. So, you know, I think that um, those people, and there probably are a, a significant enough people who do well enough on Plaquenil to make it a drug that remains in the system. If it continually failed every single time, then it would be removed from a recommendation list. So clearly some people are benefiting from it and I have had guests on this podcast who, some people. who yeah. were on it, yes, some people, mm. who were on it for a while who said it was okay and then they were able to get off it. But it wasn't, you know, you don't, at least I don't hear of the big changes like you get with a disease-modifying drug like methotrexate or a biologic mm. category of drug. So anyway, um, in response to your question, and I know that you don't ask these kind of questions unless there are a surprising result. So yep. I would expect that you're about to tell me that a vast majority of people rated it absolutely terrible with massive side effects. Is that what happened? No, no, actually. <laughs> it was split right in the middle. Right. And this was cause enough for concern because I thought if this is a good solution or enough of a solution to work for the majority of people. And I have seen people do surveys for things like methotrexate on these forums, even do posts where they say, tell me your experiences, and I've counted them. And I find every time methotrexate is in question, the majority of people will say, yes, it helped, and me yeah. included. I, I only have good things to say about methotrexate, even though I hate the thing. Mm -hmm. And if you ask me on a personal level, mm -hmm. I will me say too. that is an evil drug that will slowly kill you. But if you ask me from a scientific or from a knowledge perspective relevant to feedback, right? Like, was it effective? Was it not effective? Did you get serious side effects? Didn't you, would you recommend it? You know, just very simple, yes or no. Yeah. The majority were in favor of methotrexate. Now with this one, uh, because I, look, I did surveys for a few just to clear this up. It wasn't just Planquinil. Okay. Now with Planquinil, it was split right in the middle. It was 50-50, like legitimately 50-50. I had something yeah. like 306 people that were for it and something like 310 or yeah. 311 that were against it. And I was like so surprised. I was like, wow. But at the same time, I wasn't, you know, I was like, okay, this makes a lot of sense. Mm. You know, I responded so well to MTX. I should respond to most drugs. And yet, Planquinel messed me up, you know? Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Well, that kind of feedback is consistent with my very sort of just loose observations as well. A 50 50 kind of thing. Yeah. And, and notice that it's not the first drug that rheumatologists recommend. Notice that methotrexate no. is the first drug that most rheumatologists recommend. Once yeah. we go past methotrexate, I personally feel that your options then become slim pickings real quick. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. So I think that when someone's on methotrexate and there's a chance they may have to be taken off it due to some of the side effects, 
I, when I'm, you know, helping these folks think, oh, no, you know, because it, it, it only gets more challenging to find the right That's drug. Right. Unless they shift to one of the biologic drugs and then it becomes more like, oh, okay, now we could be, yeah, now we could be uh, hitting some, some success down that path. But I personally don't. To what price, Clint? To what price? To what price, you mean, for the Who government? Who has the money for biologics, mate? We're living in an economy that's being compressed every day. We're living with extreme inflation rates. Who Do you think most people would be able to afford? Do you think most regular, everyday people no. would be able to afford biologics in a few years? Well, I don't know the answer to that question. Plus, it depends on which country you live in and how your insurance works, whether or not your government yeah. helps pay for it and so on. And obviously, this is a, a, a big topic. But I think that yeah. in, in Australia, where you and I both live at the moment, I'll be here just for another few months. But with Australia, you know, if you fail enough drugs, and of course, this is again, this is the mess of the system, right? They, the, the, the system requires the rheumatologist to add the Plaquenil, to add the other drug, to add this yeah, and shake. that's right. They have to, yeah. Oh, so that then you've failed those so that now you're eligible to be subsidised by the government to be on, a, on something like an Enbrel Humira or whatever. It's funny you mention that because the second rheumatologist in Melbourne, that's exactly what she said. She said, unfortunately, this is a process we have to go to, so we're going to get you on Plaquenil and... We have to try it for a while, yeah. and unless there's serious side effects, yeah. um, we're expected to stay on that yeah. um, bef- before we're entitled to, you know, even just put in an application. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm curious as to, you know, if we were to ask candidly, get candid responses from rheumatologists, if you didn't have to qualify to go onto a biologic drug, would any of these specialists ever recommend Plaquenil and sulfasalazine and a raver and all of these other, you know? Would yeah. They, would they or would they just go methotrexate, okay, didn't work, let's go to Enbrel? Personally, mm. personally, I see those drugs as, as getting results for most people. Mm. But the mid-range, that the, the sort of sulfasalazine, a raver and Plaquenil world, that's a muddy world, that is, especially when it's added as a second drug. Speaking yeah, purely just off feedback, that I get. Of course. Yeah. It makes a whole lot of difference when you speak to as many people as I imagine you would every day. So, um, no, it's really insightful to hear it from someone who's been working for so many years just with, um, you know, rheumatoid arthritis uh, patients. Well, I've only just had that insight, though, with this, what yeah. we're just talking about. Would they even recommend this this double, triple therapy when something like oh. Enbrook, you know? I don't know. Yeah, I wonder that I too because biologics are apparently seen as the new found, you know, much more effective um, solution to conventional meds, which is why, you know, a lot of governments are sort of hesitant to give, um, you know, subsidized sort of uh, funding for it, you know, so. Well, if no one yeah. changes what they're eating and exercises like a champion every day and basically makes it their life mission to minimize inflammation as much as possible, the biologic drugs don't suffice either. And there's nowhere to go from there. Yeah, I agree yeah. with you there. Yeah. I, I, I don't, I'm convinced that there's nothing that can touch the power of, um, of what food we, for healing. Exactly. Mm. You and I both have a tendency to uh, to chat, so let's try and yeah. work toward. Let's see a finish in sight for our conversation here by moving towards what you did with your implementation of the program, how you're able to 
get off the plaque and all because we've just trashed that. And then yeah. anything else that you'd like to share about your story to bring us up to date to where we are today? Sure. Okay, so the plank quenil, as I said, um, and I'll try to speed this portion of the journey up a bit because as great as my story is, it's, it's a lot more important things we can talk about here. Um, I had the plank quenil, I had the MTX at that point. It was 25 mg MTX. Um, it was, I can tell you how much plank quenil. It was 40 mg of plank quenil. Actually, no, God, I'm, I'm thinking, sorry, uh, wrong drug. It was... Uh, believe, correct me if I'm wrong, 400 of, of Planquinil. I, I don't have the reference range, so not to worry, but were you in a high, anyway, mid or high dose? I was on a high dose of okay. yeah. Um, and basically, uh, not only was I feeling really wrong, like I said before, just a lot of strange symptoms, like, like everything I was identifying wasn't human, it was just foreign to me, things I'd never experienced before, things I know and felt I shouldn't be experiencing. Mm. But on top of that, after about two months of that, slowly my work, the results at work and the efficiency that I worked in was slowly going down. I just, my energy levels were a mess on that drug. Mm. So I went back to the rheumatologist again and I basically asked, I was like, why is this happening? Is is there anything we can do to stop it? And the answer from the rheumatologist was, hey, you know, um, basically you are getting relief, right? Like you're able to work and do all that. And I'm like, yeah. And she's like, well, that's a good thing. You're getting some strange symptoms. Are they severe? Are they life-threatening? And I was like, no. And then she was like, okay, well, your energy levels are bad. I believe this is a result of the disease, you know, because you have rheumatoid arthritis. Maybe we should go uh, back to prednisone and just give it some more time for the Planquinel to sort of come in because it's only been two months and sometimes they take longer. And I was like, oh, you know, I, I really don't want to do that. And I went back to it eventually. You know, I hesitated. She gave me the prescription and said, it's up to you. But I, I eventually did. After a week, I went back to the um Prednisolone, yep. that's the yep. one. That's the one. Yeah. So many drugs you forget. Sure. Um, yeah. So with, with the prednisolone, um, I got back on it, and yep. that was a really that was the low point, man. You know how a lot of like addicts talk about hitting rock <laughs> bottom uh, before they make the decisions and before right. they finally yeah. go onto a program. That right. was my rock bottom, Clint. Yeah. I yeah. I was on three really bad drugs. Two of those really really yeah. messing me up. Yeah. Short term anyway. And God, man, everything just turned grim so fast. I actually had to quit my job. I, wow. uh, I broke up with my girlfriend too. I had a mm. really nice relationship in Melbourne, but I just, I, I couldn't be emotionally available, man, yeah. on all of that. And I was a mess. Um, yeah. And I just really needed people to talk to. And I was sick of looking at professional help. Yeah. So I moved back to Sydney and I just mm -hmm. wanted to be with my family. You know, sure. I took a step back and I thought, you know, just remind yourself of who you are. Remind mm. yourself of who you are. That was my mantra. When things get scary, go back to the simple, the basics. And I did. Mm. And I talked to family and, and you know, after spending time with them and sort of getting off work, I cleared my mind. I had a lot of time to think, you know, mm. and as soon as I gave myself time to think, Obviously, I followed the natural course and I started thinking, you know, instead of mm. being focused on how I was feeling and all that, 
I searched for knowledge so that I could actually find a solution. And when I searched, wherever I searched, you might laugh when I say this, but all roads led back to the Patterson program. <laughs> no matter how many success stories I found, man, the only ones who were able to actually have the life that I wanted, that I dreamt about, which was waking up every morning happy, which was feeling yourself, knowing who you are, not having to worry about complications with all these symptoms, being able to exercise, man, like all these amazing stories, both on the support forums and online and from articles, came across writers who shared the whole plant-based food diet with people, not because that's what they created or that's the diet that they wanted to do, but because they were influenced by you, man. Oh, wow. And um, when it all led back to you, I realized something. I realized that in not following the program to the exact steps I made a grave mistake early, <laughs> right. but wow. I wasn't angry at myself. And yep. I don't think anyone who went through what I did should be. I, I think if we all go through hardships like that, that lead us to rock bottom, mm. Mm. I think that's an amazing thing. And I think you should be proud of all those mistakes you make as a mm. human being, because that's what leads you to the path of betterment whether it's mm. through a program in recovery for alcohol, you know, for an addiction, whether it's through a diet that helps you lose that weight that takes the load off your joints and organs, or fuss with rheumatoid arthritis, going on the Clint Patterson program, it's, it's the first step in acknowledging that you don't really have the power to do it without this program, you know? Um, you don't have the power to do it unless you're on the path. And I came to that realization. I didn't have the power to do it with the drugs, man. I didn't have the power to live my life like I wanted to, right? Because we're all on this planet to live our life like we want to. When mm. we can't, we're unhappy, right? So we either lower our expectations or we find a way to make it work, you know? And yeah, both are viable ways to be happy, but to lower your expectations to the point mm. where you can't have a relationship you can't do a job that you've been doing for years where you can't even be comfortable sitting on one of the best posturepedic chairs money can buy. Is yeah. that life? Man, that I don't think that's life, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's not if that's life, I don't want to live that life, man. Yeah. And that's what I said when I got back to my family. I remember one day I sat down with them and I said, Guys, this is what I'm starting today. What are your thoughts? And I'm lucky that I have a supportive family, Clint, because a lot of them were like, Alex, that's amazing. We really hope it goes well for you. If what you say is true, all these stories of people, then you know what? That sounds like that might work for you. That sounds like it could be the answer you're looking for. And I said, well, all I can do is try. There's nothing else I can do, Clint. It's like anything in life, right? Try I did, my friend. I got on that program as soon as possible, and me being the uh, analytical-minded guy I am, the very sort of pragmatic fella, I followed it to the step, yeah. everything, man. And you know what? What works for everyone, I mean, what works, uh, what's intended to work for everyone, even with a high success rate, it still might not work for everyone. What really helped me even on your program was still looking at other people's advice. 
I got on your program. I didn't want to pay for the support thing mm. to, to talk to people, but I soon realized that you need to talk to people. Talking to people is good. So I jumped on your forums, um, on the RA forums, and I was actually able to get other people share with me their wisdoms with um, certain food groups and, and things that could have gone wrong. And I soon realized that going from the baseline foods um, and following your 12-week initial phase, which, by the way, huge success, after moving into the next phase, mm. I um, actually could not tolerate buckwheat well, man. Right. That was yep. like a huge challenge for me in the early steps. Yep. And it's strange because that's most people like can tolerate it. I don't know. You tell me. Well, that, that's right. It wouldn't be there if that was a common occurrence. Mm. And this is why I had a great deal of friction talking about this topic with, funnily enough, because I don't normally mention this, but a documentary creator here in Australia. They said, look, we want to create this thing. We want to put people through this process and it needs to be exactly the same for every single person. And I said, okay, well, just bear with me here. I just need to explain a few things about this disease to you before I can go and give you the, the answer that I need to give. I said, no two human beings with this condition respond exactly the same way. And, That's right. And, and I said, if I was to lay out, eat this food, then this food, then this food, and make it exactly rigid then we aren't going to have people respond to those foods in the same way that other people do. And as you pointed out, even one of the fundamental foundation foods of the program can be a problem for some people. And mm -hmm. if, if some people do have a problem with buckwheat, then they can remove the buckwheat, just test the quinoa for a couple of days, and just to isolate isolate and conquer, right? We find out that's, whether or yeah. not. Yeah, that's isolate it. Isolate and conquer. That's Mate, it. The, yeah. The elimination diet, in my opinion, is not only the best way, it's the only way. Mm -hmm. Which is it's what I talked way. about with Dr. Neil Barnard. I was sat next to him at dinner the other night at a conference in Melbourne, and he and I were talking oh, really? about this. Yes. You spoke with him. Yes, yes. And uh, he's invited me to speak at his conference in 2019, so I'll be over. Mate, yeah. that's amazing. Hey, I'm so happy. You, Clint? I should say 2020 because it's 2019 now, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I can't blame the <laughs> drugs for that brain activity. <laughs> That's okay, man. It's, it's pretty. It's still early. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so, um, so yes, but but he and I were talking about this, and and he said that with their program or that what they do at their clinic is that they put people on a plant based diet, low fat, and then after a month, if they're not responding very well because rheumatoid's such a difficult disease to treat. They can then shift them to a to an elimination diet, he said. Uh, and I explain that with what we do, uh, I say we just throw everyone straight onto elimination because most people are just in such need to feel well that you get the experience straight away by doing the elimination process and it helps build compliance or he likes to use the word adherence. He, he sort of talked to me about that word, those two words. And so adherence to the program because – when you get some initial wins that can become addictive and exciting, and that's what we want. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, spoke to him about that, and I agree with you. Going elimination process immediately is, in my view, the best way rather than doing something that's kind of good but not as awesome, which would be just going plant-based, which does not address all the food sensitivities no. that exist. No. Mm. And the reason why I say elimination diet is the only way is because, uh, and this is something 
I believe every member of your support forum has come to realize over time, what is on your program is a guide based on the most successful and tolerable foods. And also there's, there's a, there's a lot of work in here uh, for anyone thinking that it's easy to come up with a program like this. It's, it's really not. And I just want to say that a lot of the things that you put in there, I'm, it's, it's funny that even though I've been on it for a long time, even to this day, I keep stumbling on more and more little things that you don't talk about that are subtle, but they're like surprises. They're like little presents when I come across them, you know, like when I research into uh, pineapple or papayas, you know, bene beneficial effects. And then when I go back to your reintroduction program summary and I see, you know, wow, you know, papaya, pineapple, you know, medicinal properties, you put it in that category. Yeah. You, don't, you don't need to talk about what properties you know, um, you just assume we're going to trust you. And, and I did, but it's really nice to see that in trusting you that I basically took on and I purchased and ate all the foods that were ideal based on all the research that's out there, you know, and mm. look, I'm 24. Uh, I don't have the time to spend, you know, 10, 15 years researching like you mm. did. I don't have that time, man. So the fact that you that you offered me that for like 50 bucks, you know, the entire program, all this stuff, you'll even give updated versions of it. I was like, man, no, that's a steal. That's even if it works a little bit, that's a steal. So to have that work so well, man, that that turned me into a believer, man, because when something does work exactly the way it does, it's telling the truth. And if the truth is that this is changing so many lives, which I firsthand realized mm. having, having it changed mine, like it has, you can't deny that that's, that's what it is, man. You know, it's, uh, it's like all those people who come out of, uh, alcoholics anonymous programs and they talk about how it changed their life. What, you think you can walk up to someone and just tell them that AA doesn't work? Nah, yeah, man. That's it. You, you have millions of people in this world that are going to say, nah, man, you got to follow the steps. That's what it comes down to. So I'm just going to say this for all you viewers watching. You have to follow the <laughs> steps, guys, to the exact. If it's not working, go back to step one. Do it properly, man. And awesome. if there's anything that's causing issues, Clint is a huge supporter of thinking for yourself because that's how he got to where he is that's yeah. how any great man or woman in the world gets to where they are they think for themselves look I'm at right. me buckwheat didn't work for me that's that's a really odd occurrence but yeah with you with your support and everything that you offered me which was that beautiful support forum i had other people that went through the clint patterson program and they told me very quickly that I should come back to buckwheat and just reintroduce it at a later stage. Right now, mate, I'm eating 150 grams of buckwheat a day with yeah. my quinoa porridges. And even though I've built myself up to a point where I can have oats every morning, man, I've grown to love quinoa and buckwheat so much I love it. that I, love I want it. to actually like put out some great recipes online. And I will be for, for anyone from the forums, um, the Clint Patterson forums, I'll be uploading that stuff. That is awesome. Yeah, man. Uh, it's, it's just amazing what these pseudo grains can be done with in terms of cooking. But um, look, enough on that. 
I'm sure we have a lot of other things to talk about, but um, yeah, that, that, that was essentially how I felt about um, elimination diets and how I still feel about it to this day. Yeah, mm. no, that is, that, that's fabulous. And, you know, I think that uh, it's a little bit self-indulgent and I apologize in advance for this, but when I, when I do a Bikram yoga class, mm. uh, sometimes I later realize the nuances and the level of detail that are in that class is so extraordinary. I've actually recently thought that Bikram Yoga could not have created such an incredible sequence in not only his lifetime, but the previous lifetimes before him of his gurus, because the, mm. wi- the wisdom in the postures, and I'll bring this back to your point in a minute, the wisdom in the postures and the nuances are so extraordinary that it covers all aspects of your body's health and pre- yeah. and so preventative to injury that it cannot science. have been created in one lifetime. Now, no, I'm coming no, back I to agree with you there. Yeah. And some people might be judge me and say of course yoga's been around forever these postures have come around forever but the combination of them and everything it's amazing. So and at that temperature I mean, at that temperature, man. In the temperature, yeah, the whole thing. So when you made the comment about mm-hmm. the, the the subtleties of the Patterson program and why some things are there and so forth may not be fully explained, but I have had what I can only describe as little eureka moments whilst yeah. researching this disease for so long, then every one of those little eurekas goes into the content so that it contains almost like a highlight reel of the best things that I've learned over all the years and learned from other people. So, mm. I, you know, whilst I believe that, you know, it has a lot of room for improvement, which I'm putting into my book, and I keep mentioning my book, but it does seem to drag out a lot because, you know, we've got three kids who are four and under, and it makes it a little very hard because we don't have a babysitter, so it's us all the time. But it will get done, and the, the, the fleshing out of some of these nuances is inside the book, and I think people will appreciate that more. But thank you for the, obviously, a very, very uh, big compliment, and I'm glad you found some of those little gems and nuggets yourself. Clint, I'm, I'm just going to say this. So there is there's a physical record of my statement. I believe you're a man who is far ahead of his time when it comes to your medicinal um, sort of inference and contribution to society as a whole. I think you are the first man on this planet to finally do something that is innovating for a people who have been abandoned. We've been abandoned. And I think that what you do is extremely empowering, man. I'll just say this for the record. One day, I believe people are going to realize how much actual science and truth there is to your research and your studies and your program. And I believe there will come a time where you will get the credit you deserve. As long as you keep on this path and you keep helping people, man, I I believe you will get there eventually. That's why I told you earlier, I believe you're a steal at $50, man. <laughs> like at one point... Well, when, when the book gets published and it's 25 bucks, I mean, it's even going to get cheaper. So it's not about the value-benefit equation is obviously enormously disparate because 
this is mm. about an improvement and a turning around of your entire life. So That's whether right. or not it's fifty dollars or five thousand, the benefit still far outweighs the cost. But That's as I right. said, the price is actually going to get cheaper as it becomes just a book available on Amazon. Ultimately, I want to just have a book and a support group. That's really all I want. Mm. And so I want the book to be so valuable that it's only people who just want me to coach them who who have to pay anything more than a small meal, like a, the equivalent of a meal out. You know what I mean? So that everyone has access to this information. But thank you. Those are very big words. And I really appreciate that. And um, I think that my reward is just to, um, to make it more accessible to people and for it to work. Freaking hell, right. it has to work. That's the thing. We want results. It has to work. It has man. to work. Has and to that's work. what I want more than else. If we get people feeling better because it works, then I feel successful as a physicist, my background before I got into entertainment and stuff, that I've worked something out that works and that's really satisfying and it helps so, people. Yeah. On that, and, and that's amazing to hear, by the way, man. It's it's only good vibes when I hear that from someone who is in it for all the right reasons and is doing that out of a pure willingness to just help people, right? Yeah, so looking back at um, at that all, uh, that, that period before I was on um, a bunch of those uh, drugs and I reached the low point, before the low point, man, I had tried a lot of different diets and none of those diets worked, if anything, Every diet I tried, um, if any of them were beneficial, the benefits were very short-lasting. It was a couple of days, a week at the very most, and then as soon as you know, um, I'd go through my normal methotrexate cycle. The day before my methotrexate, I'd get you know your classic flare-up symptoms, you know, which is basically my body, you know. <laughs> awaiting yes. that day where I shoot, shoot, shoot it into me again. And yeah, it was, it was just a cycle. No matter what I tried, and I stuck to some of these diets for weeks on end, and I didn't even see the slightest benefit, man. Yes. All the benefits were just placebo, and I came to realize that the flare-ups would be a strong reminder of that. See, I feel like you can definitely make that inference and be able to tell uh, no deep in your heart when something yeah. is working, you'll know through the flare-ups. The yeah. flare-ups are a beautiful thing because yeah. they reveal the extent of our disease markers and yes. they're also the only real indicator of how bad what we're going through is. Um, that's that's why I said at the beginning of the chat, like we can't, you know, look at blood tests. Like I could go on about my CRP, mm. which by the way has gone down from 2.5 to 0.5 since being on your program, but that's not what I want to talk about. That's what that's not what I feel should be focused on because really when we look at how people have benefited from your program, it's all about the symptoms. And in the early stages it's hard. When you're on meds, it's hard to see how something's benefiting you. So, mm. you know, I was I was lucky that um, I had flare-ups because without yes. flare-ups, I wouldn't be able to see what worked and what didn't. That's right. Yep, yeah. They're your alarm signal. And if you don't have any alarm signal because the alarm signal is being suppressed by the meds, then you don't know how you're reacting to the foods. And That's if, right. Yeah, and so I like to have people have a small amount of available flare-ups uh, to them so that if they have like 
a reaction, it's not going to keep them in bed that day, but they're going to have a sore finger or two and it's going to be a problem and they're going to know, oh, there's my alarm signal. So um, the fact that you also had those meant, yes, you were getting that feedback, that mechanism. That's right. That's right. So, Alexander, uh, we, we, we're nearly at the hour and a half mark, so I want to try and uh, pull this to a close. <laughs> Sure. Uh, tell us, um, tell us how you are at the moment, and uh, with your symptoms, and uh, tell us what what you're heading towards, and how confident you are uh, with those ambitions. Mate, I am feeling better than I have since even my holiday to Europe. I'm actually feeling better than I did when I was at the gym and I first got those pains in my hands when I was lifting. I feel better than that, man. I feel wiser, I feel stronger, but more importantly, I feel like whatever comes at me in life, no matter how bad it is, I can conquer it Mm. because now I have the right mindset, you know? That's what it's all about. Any program that helps people is about the mindset. Just as much as it is about the little details, it's also about the mindset. Now, if I didn't have the mindset to actually better myself, then I would not have invested money in myself. I would not have gone out in Europe and bought those expensive shoes. I would not have bought that amazing Herman Miller chair in my job. I would not have bought the steel case leap chair I'm sitting on right now. I would not have bought your program, Clint. So I just want to say one thing to conclude all those people, and you see a lot of them talking about your program, saying that it didn't work, They tried it. It didn't have the effects. What I do on the support forums, I make it my mission to target those people because to me, those people have the best hope of succeeding. They're already on the right path. Obviously, they're not, you know, on it yet. Otherwise, they would be having the benefits, but they're the ones that can benefit the most because they already, their heart's already in the right place. Their mind just needs to follow. They need to have that balance of heart and mind. Once the mind is in that mindset, to actually invest in things that are good for you and give it a try before you just assume that something doesn't work. As as soon as you put trust in other people, at least enough to do it their way for a few months, how can you know, you know? All those people who talk about your program not working, I noticed there's a trend. Now, this is just my perspective and my experience from talking to people and helping them through support forums. But basically, they all have one thing in common. They say they follow your program, but when I follow up with them and I actually go back, the first thing I ask is, have you purchased the program and have you followed the first 12 days? And you know what, man? All of them, all of them. I haven't come across one person who has. Not one person has followed the 12 steps. So... You know, a lot of people, including me, I was I was guilty of this. One of the main reasons why I didn't purchase your program first, when you first inspired me and gave me that passion and hope, why I didn't purchase it was because I didn't hit rock bottom. It took me hitting rock bottom to see that there was something wrong with my mindset because everything that I was trying before that wasn't working. So my mind immediately realized if what I've been trying before hasn't worked, I need to try something new. I need to change my thinking. If my thinking hasn't helped me so far, my thinking needs to change. So I changed my thinking, man. I changed my thinking. And when I changed my thinking and I looked at 
how in risk I was of having serious side effects, possibly dying, maybe even following the path of depression to the point where mm. I feel like life isn't worth living anymore, mm. you know, or the only way of living is to be severely sedated on something. I was mm. like, no, mindset has to change drastically now. And I have to basically do everything in my power. Mm. So if you're not doing everything in your power, then you haven't suffered enough. And if you haven't suffered enough, then I hope you suffer enough. I hope anyone in the world suffers enough to be able to find that, to be able to find that mindset and finally be able to find the wisdom to do everything in their power. Because once they do everything in their power, that's when good things happen. All they need is the knowledge there or the guide to do it. And if they have the right mindset, it'll happen. It's, it's like that for everything. And why I'm saying this is because I hope people can relate and I hope you can relate to that from other aspects of life, you know, because a lot of things in life are relatable. Uh, with the Patterson program, people who don't have the right mindset, that don't follow those 12 steps, that don't want to invest the $50, they find these little demos like I did and they, they think that that's good enough to test the waters, to dip their toe in the ocean. But the Patterson program is not an ocean you dip your toe into. The Patterson program is like this warm jacuzzi that you have to just leap into and just relax in for like, you know, a, a long period of time, at least a couple of hours or, you know, in layman terms in, in real time, you need to try it for a few months. And man, you, ne you need to give it a chance but you need to try it. You need to give it your all. You need to give it your all. If I didn't give it my all, it wouldn't have worked for me. And giving it your all is very simple. You get the program. You read the program. You follow the program to the exact. You follow every step. Just making the recipes from your recipe book, that's a lazy half-assed attempt to get better. That, that will not work. You want it to work? follow the steps. And there's a very good reason why you did those 12 steps. And that is because the majority of people who start off on the program or to have, who have reached a point of suffering to the point where they have to uh, try something that has helped so many other people, right? They, they've exhausted all other options. They get to that point. Most of those people, including myself, have, have such a bad gut that they can't they just can't leap into the uh, the reintroductory foods that some of us veterans eat later on down the track and it funny enough it was watching your podcast that made me hear about that first time because i had your little demo and it talked about it briefly but when i when i watched your podcast i remember you talking to a woman i can't give you the exact name but i remember you saying that it was um, my experience as well that helped shape my understanding that made me realize that you can't just leap into something. You have to slowly build up to it. Um, and now that I look back at that and those words of wisdom that you s said, I can, I can see that in other parts of my life as well, man. I can see that with anything good. What, what you preach is a combination of science the best known answer that I'm aware of. And I've tried a lot of things. And on top of that, man, spirituality, you know, I don't think enough people give you credit for the spiritual side of things. And, um, you know, man, if you ever find the time to come down and do seminars, I think that would be amazing thing because, um, I believe that 
reaching out to people like that would be a great way to spread something that I feel needs to be adopted by the world. It's just a matter of time. One day, hopefully, fingers crossed, you'll be able to, um, you know, win that battle against um, all those awful things that Big Pharma has planted in people. You know, this idea that there's only one solution. There is not one solution. Mm. There are many solutions. But with RA, I can only share my experiences out of all the solutions out there, all being viable in their own way to some extent. Yours is the only one that's viable in every way and to the full extent. You know what I'm doing now? What? You know what I'm doing now? I'm waking up every morning. I'm spending 12 hours on my computer desk at home building my business. My back feels great. Every few hours I stretch, Yeah, I follow your program still to the exact. I still get tempted every week by people saying, sure. come out for beers, come out for wines. Even my family sometimes, they'll say, sit down for dinner. What's changed? I give it my all now. I don't yeah. give in. Mm. At, at no point do I say yes. <laughs> at no point do I say, sure, let's sit down for a drink. I yeah. say, sure. But I don't drink alcohol, so let's have yeah. a milkshake. Let's have a juice. Let's yeah. all not milkshake. I don't drink milk, but you know, <laughs> I, I say let's go to a you know nice healthy cafe, and and then I order the green smoothie yeah. with yeah, cucumber. Yeah. yeah, you you make it on your terms. You you that that's the key when that's you right. you know you you set the location, you set the time, so that they're not eating at like seven thirty eight o'clock at night when it's you're meant to be finished eating and whatever. So, good man. Hey. It's a pattern with, it's, it's, it's not just people with RA, it's every strong person in the world. Yeah. What they will start doing when they grow up, when they go through the suffering that gives them that mindset that makes them want to change, what mm. do they do? They start adopting new things, you know? Mm. Mm. They start doing things on their terms. That's yeah. the key point here. They do it on mm. their terms. Yeah, that's and you it. can only do it on your terms when you give it your all. That's yeah. it. It's all in or nothing. And um, that's why I spend 12 hours a day working on my business because I have the power to, Clint. Yeah, I have yeah. the power to, and you gave me that power, my friend. So again, man, I just want to say you hold that power, and I really hope that that power is going to be able to touch more people's lives. I hope that the greater forces and all the lovely people in this uh, world work together and help you make your program something that's going to be adopted by a lot more rheumatologists. Um, really, that that's something I hope for. Thank um, you, Because Alexander. now, man, my rheumatologist told me that there would be little chance I would ever be able to do sports again, and they said if it is, it would have to be something light. Mate, I'm building up my muscles oh, every day. I'm starting a new way <laughs> yeah. of thinking, and I yeah. want to contribute – to yeah. all the great people in the world that are doing innovative things for people with rheumatoid yeah. arthritis. Yeah. I want to help people develop their body and muscles and build back the strength. And I want to make people realize that you can be a good looking person with RA. You can still be the best person. You just have to do it a different way. That's I'm, awesome. I'm actually more ripped and good look. I'm getting way more compliments from women than I ever have before in my life. And that's all thanks to me doing everything in my power to get fit and strong. Mm -hmm. How did I start doing it? I started 
reaching out to people on support on your support forum and hearing about how they were able to exercise because I heard it in the testimonials, man. First, I heard it in your presentations, which, by the way, were really touching, man. But then I heard it in the testimonials. And that's once I heard it in the testimonials, I thought there's no denial. If it happened to Clinton, it's happening for all these people, then it can happen for me. You know, because okay. so I'm what? a hopeful guy. I'm, 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 I'm full of passion. So yeah. now, man, now I'm going out there and I am doing resistance strength training in the pool every day, awesome. every day. I use the web gloves. I use the resistance paddles. There are other things out there too, but there are viable options out there. Yes. What we need, what we really could need is there is an ambassador for this program of someone who looks physically fantastic. So if you can fill that spot, which already from that little bicep flex, I can tell that you're already in good shape. That that would be great because, um, you know, that's an area that people can really aspire to more. I get tired of reiterating the importance of resistance training. It's for some reason uh, goes in one ear out the other for a lot of people who are working so hard on their diet and they think, look, all my time is consumed with thinking about foods and now I have to think about going to the gym or going to, to a yoga class. And, and unfortunately, yes, uh, look, if we, want to, right, if we mm. want to improve against one of the worst diseases in the world, we have to have a sufficient enough offense to compete against what is such a horrible, difficult defense. Okay, yeah, we're going to crush right. the defense of rheumatoid arthritis <laughs> with incredible offense, and that offense is to get the muscles around the joints to be really strong, which reduces yes. the inflammation at the connective points. Yes. So, yes, that, keep it it's up. It's funny you mention that because yeah. that's a part of it's. It's all intertwined. It's no yes. coincidence that I'm able to do – 12 hours a day of computer work. The other day I did 15 hours and every now and then I will do a 15 hour day. I'm driven, but the only way I can do it, it, it it's no coincidence that I've got one of the best uh, value for money, posturepedic chairs money can buy. It's right. not a coincidence that I wear my insoles because I have flat feet. So I still yes. follow that. And it's not a coincidence that I go to the gym Four, sorry, not gym, the pool. Well, it's yes. a pool gym, but I use the pool there. Four times, sometimes five times a week, and I do resistance strength training for a total of one hour each session, and I give it my all. That's and it. sometimes I go into that shower and I can barely sit. My legs are so sore, and I can barely scrub my hair. My arms are so sore. But you know what? I did it. I yeah. did exactly yeah. what I was able to do in the gym to my muscles, and yes. I did it in a better way because – my joints actually feel a hell of a lot more flexible. I'm, I can actually almost do the splits now. It's great things are happening to me. I'd very you know? much like to see those exercises that you do because they've, they're an area of, that we've not explored in any way. So I'm not familiar with the exercises that you're talking about in the gym, but if you can build muscle in a pool, then we want to know about that. So let's talk about that another time. I'm going to have to wrap this up. Because uh, we, we've, we've actually set a new record for length of podcast. So thank you for having so Good. much to say and being so passionate about what you're saying because, you know, passion drives action and uh, you'll be able to, right. to, to continue this to, uh, you know, influence more people. You mentioned before about your hopes for me to reach more people and to have more impact. Well, coming on this podcast and, and sharing your story gives me more information to share with people and help people. So thank you very much.
Clint, it was my pleasure to be on this show, and I'm so proud to be able to push this podcast to the maximum time. I have an unexhausting amount of passion for things that I believe in and things that I pursue from the heart. It's that combination of passion and love that makes that unexhausting. And you know what? Just just that passion, just that desire alone, that's never enough. It's, it's, it's faith. Once you combine it with faith, that's when you become unstoppable. And I think it takes rock bottom for a lot of people to finally have faith that there is an answer, but they've just not been going about it the right way. So I really hope that everything you're doing continues. And I hope that I have a chance to somehow contribute to it more um, so that more people in, on this world can have faith knowing that the program is here. There is a program com- like tailored to specifically rheumatoid arthritis that does work and has worked for so many people, including myself, who is in the best shape I've ever been and is happier than I've ever been, oddly enough. I'm actually happier than I was years ago before this disease. So um, thank you for having me again, mate. It was an absolute pleasure. I wish you the best of luck with your business. Um, Godspeed, my friend. Thanks, Alexander. You've been listening to the Patterson Program. For more information, visit pattersonprogram.com.